Hey guys, before we get into the episode, it blows my mind that we're launching another podcast. And this time, I actually want to feature you guys as a guest. Now, if you're a six-figure entrepreneur who has your own podcast and you listen to the show, I actually want to interview you on our brand new podcast, which is called Six Figure Podcast Rebels. You just need to go to www.top100interview.com and you can apply to get featured. All right, guys, back to the show. My big thing was I made my money figuring out how to bridge the gap between what people wanted to do and technology. So it was making things easier for people when it was hard. So first it was just, hey, how do I sell my book online? Then how do I put up a mini site? You call them a funnel today. How do I do MP3 files? How do I do uh, screen capture video? How do I do a full motion video? How do I do webinars? How do I do membership sites? Have you ever looked at yourself in the mirror and thought, wow, I really thought I'd be further ahead by now? If so, you are not alone. I've spent the last two years traveling the globe looking for the answers. The problem is, it's fear of failure that was holding me and so many of you back. I realized that no one was telling the real story of entrepreneurship. So I flew to the US, decided to face my fear and go all out to build my million dollar business completely from scratch. But the real question is, how will I do it? Join me on my journey and find out as we build our online tribe and share the internet's top marketing secrets. My name is Jamie Atkinson, and this is the Entrepreneur Junkie Movement. What's going on, Entrepreneur Junkies? Welcome back to the Entrepreneur Junkie Movement Podcast. I'm your host, Jamie Atkinson, the Podcast Junkie. And today, I'm absolutely honored to have a guest on who's been hugely impactful to a lot of people in the funnel uh, hacking space, especially for people who've gone through OFA. There's a very, very good chance that this man has impacted your life, hopefully for the better. My guest today was is a huge, huge contributor inside of ClickFunnels. He's the creator of Funnel Scripts. He's a two comma club winner. And even potentially by the time this episode is aired, could even be a 10x winner, having hit a $10 million amount with his funnels. And uh, he was also one of the first people to publish an ebook back in 1997, literally on the bleeding edge of the internet marketing space. Please welcome my guest today, Jim Edwards. How are you doing, Jim? I'm doing great. How are you, Jamie? I'm doing very well, and I'm, I'm very honored to have you on the show because it's kind of funny. When, when I first got started in the online space, one of the first people that I came across was Russell, and very shortly afterwards, the, the other person that we got exposed to was yourself. And I can't remember whether it was a, a webinar or something like that, but Funnel Scripts was one of the very first products that we bought. Um, through Russell. And well, I appreciate I appreciate that. I've been exposing myself to people for over two decades. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, some people get arrested for that. Other people get, you know, respected. Other and people get a kids TV show like Pee Wee Herman. So what are you going to do? <laughs> exactly. Right. So, and uh, I tell you what, my girlfriend is a huge fan of yours um, to the point where, you know, the first couple of months of coming into it, she was so deep into funnel scripts. I mean, she was talking about wizards and unicorns and all of this crazy stuff. And I thought she was doing a rendition of Lord of the Rings, if I'm being completely honest. But, you know, I, I dig into it a little further and she's like, no, 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 you've got to check this stuff out. And she's a, a writer in her background, which is probably why she took to your stuff so quickly. Um, but honestly, awesome. man, just a big old thank you from everything um, that you've done because you really do make our lives a whole lot easier. And there's a lot to be said for that. You know, there's a lot of knock on. So 
I'm I'm really interested to find out a little bit more about your story because if I'm being really honest, I I know a little bit about the origins in terms of that kind of surface level stuff about um about some things you've done, but I didn't really know much about how you kind of got started in the whole online space. Um, so maybe you know both for me and for our audience, maybe you could just give us a little bit of a, a background about how you got started in this kind of whole online world. Okay, well, let me ask you this so that I, you know, because I'm like twice as old as you and I'm getting older and my stories take longer. How, how long do you want me to take to tell this story? Because it, it can go for two minutes or 30 minutes. You, you tell me. <laughs> well, let's go for the let's go for the three minute, 47 second version. That'll be fantastic. Okay, awesome. So back before the turn of the century, um, the year you were born, 1992, my girlfriend, now wife, suggested to me, hey, you know, you ought to write a book. And I said, yeah, I should write a book. So it took me four years to write a freaking book. And it was on how to sell your house yourself. Long story short, I got rejected by 40 different publishers. And I decided I was tired of, and the only reason I know it's 40 is because I stopped counting at 40. So I decided that I was going to start using that book to build my business. I was a real estate agent at the time. I used the book as a calling card and took 50 list, over 50 listings my first year in real estate. And so I one day went to a reunion at school, my, at college, ran into a guy who told me he had bought a web server with his dad. I said, hey, do you think I could sell my book on the internet? He said, I don't know why not. So I, I put myself on a crash course, man. Now, this is back, like I said, before the turn of the century. There was no such thing as click funnels. You needed an act of Congress to be able to take credit cards from people. And so I actually was processing my credit card orders through my aunt's craft store at the mall. What would happen is people would pay, place an order for the ebook. They would give me their credit card. I would call her on the phone. She would run the credit card, tell me it went through, and then I would email the people the Word doc file of my book. There was no PDF. So, I mean, I, and I was up to making about 1600 bucks a month doing that. So it wasn't, it didn't suck, but I mean, it wasn't like this massive, hey, we're getting rich. Um, and then I did that with a couple other books and then people started asking me, hey, how are you doing that? Because I just, hey, how are you doing that? And um, so I started teaching people what I was doing with my books. Then I started learning about multimedia. And this is back before high-speed internet, really. So we actually were doing video training programs, and I figured out how to, do, how to um, duplicate them and burn them to CD-ROM. And at our height, we were selling somewhere around thirty to 40,000 CDs um, a year which was pretty good. And so because each one when we were averaging 100 bucks, so you can do the math. So we were doing we and that was about 2004. So it just kind of evolved over my big thing was I made my money figuring out how to bridge the gap between what people wanted to do and technology. So it was making things easier for people when it was hard. So first it was just, hey, how do I sell my book online? Then how do I put up a mini site? You call them a funnel today. How do I do MP3 files? How do I do uh, screen capture video? How do I do a full motion video? How do I do webinars? How do I do membership sites? So all these things as they were coming along, I would figure out the technology. Well, pretty much now the technology is where it's going to be as far as People being able to sell online, take money, communicate with people, do video, do audio, post text, all that stuff. I mean, it's, it's not going to change significantly, and there are a lot of tools that make it easy. So what I decided to do 
was start focusing. And this was about, mm, about seven years ago. I decided, you know what? The technology gap is pretty much closed, but the understanding gap and what I call the liberal arts gap, which is people, you know, you said your girlfriend's a writer, but she didn't know how to write sales copy. So what if I could take knowing how to write sales copy, create content, do all the things that people need to be able to actually say or display on their website, on their social media, what if I could turn that into a push button tool that would make it easy for people to get the result that they want? So that's really the challenge that I took up. And in the process, I had to become a software designer as well. So that's been quite the learning curve. So that's kind of how I ended up today as the guy who helps people create money-making sales messages and compelling content literally at the push of a button with no experience required. So that's, that is the, I don't know how long that took, but that's the summary of my journey over the last 20 to 23 years. That's pretty incredible. And throughout that time, it sounds like you've worn a whole ton of different hats and, and different kind of challenges. Um, how Have you always had kind of a big scale operation or a small scale? Like, do you always work with yourself or small teams? What's the What does that look like? Um, my organization has been as big as uh, 10, 12 people. It has been as small as just me. Um, Right now, it's me, my niece, my daughter, and my wife are the only full-time people. And then I have a full, well, that are employees. And then I have two subcontractors um, that work on 1099. So I guess there's, what, six of us. Um, so it's, I have no desire to have a huge company with a boatload of, of employees. But then again, that you don't really need that. If you look at Instagram, I think Facebook paid what, like $2 billion for them. And they had 20 employees, 14 or 20 employees. I don't remember how many, but you, you don't need to have a crap ton of employees to be able to get stuff done. It's a very different mindset, I see, because a lot of people do believe that you have to have all of these people and resources to grow very quickly. And I know one thing that you focus on a lot, Jim, is, is the offer, right? You focus on helping people understand what they can do to separate themselves from the competition. And a lot of people that are going to be listening to this right now, um, what we talk about a lot with our guests is not just the, you know, the big successes. We talk a lot about some of the failures that they've had and, and how they were able to push through and how they were able to evolve from those failures. And we kind of try and celebrate them because I'm a big fan of failing. I wasn't for a long time. Um, but in terms of creating your offers and creating where your business is today, I mean, was it always smooth sailing? Did you always have it kind of figured out or was there any major stumbling blocks that you came across when you were trying to figure that out? The the stumbling block is that it seemed like for every 10 things that I did, you'd have one that was like a home run and you'd have five that really just sucked. It was like slamming your hand in a car door. And then you the other four would have varying levels of success. The problem is you didn't really know what, what was going to do what. And to a degree, you still don't. But one of the things that I started looking at was the offers that didn't work were normally either only something I was interested in or they were commodity type things. In other words, there was there, what I was selling could easily be compared to somebody else's thing. Like if I had a piece of software or something and 
20 other people had a piece of software and pretty much we were all selling a piece of software that people plus or minus were saying that's really the same thing. That's just a waste of time. You, you're just, you're wasting your time doing that. You, and the ones that were home runs, the offer was so sweet that when I looked at it myself, I was like, dang, I would buy that. I mean, that's, I mean, that's good. That's a hell of a value. I'm probably undercharging. And so it, the funny thing is, is now working with thousands and thousands of people and, and doing a lot more live and, and things like that, where I see people messing up is that they create an offer that puts them in a commodity situation. I'll give you an example. Um, and I'm not going to name names, but a, somebody in the ClickFunnels community that I've become pretty good friends with is a really nice guy. And he has been selling a product or wanted to start selling a product that was cool. I mean, it was a really neat product, but as soon as you saw it, immediately people would go over to Amazon and they'd search for the product. And instead of paying him $100 through his funnel at the start of his funnel, people could go to Amazon and buy the exact same thing for $27. Now, was it the exact same thing? Don't know doesn't matter if it was or it wasn't people thought it was the exact same thing and that's all that matters is the perception so i said to him look man you can't sell that just by itself you've got to stack on other things to make it so that it is an offer that they that it, a is amazing and b cannot be compared to anything else. That is the biggest key. Now, whether that means stacking on training, whether it means stacking on extra stuff, um, software, one-on-one -on -one coaching, review certificates. I mean, there's, there's a whole list of things that you can, you can add on. I got a really good piece of advice one time that I'm, I will pass along. And this was, it was in February of 2001 and I was really transitioning out of that starter phase of my I didn't know it at the time but looking back this was the end of the beginning you know it wasn't the beginning it wasn't the end but it wasn't the it was the end of the beginning like Churchill said and um, I was standing in a hotel lobby with a guy named Marlon Sanders and I was telling him that I was trying to sell my I was I had a program I was selling but I had people telling me hey that we were buying this software from it was a mortgage product and it was a mortgage education product it was how to it's called the 10 dirty little secrets of mortgage financing and it was an mp3 program that i sold on how not to get ripped off getting a mortgage based on me being a mortgage broker or a real estate agent for 10 years so i was having trouble selling it because people were buying mortgage amortization software instead and marlon looked at me and he said let me let me tell you a little secret Take your competitor's USP, their unique selling proposition, and do whatever you can to give that away as a free bonus with your offer. That way, when somebody looks at you and looks at them, they're like, hey, if I buy this thing from Jim, I'm going to get what that other guy's selling basically for free. And so I went and found a piece of mortgage software. I learned about um, shareware and freeware and stuff. And I found a piece of software that I could license for like $10. And it did plus or minus what all the other things did. I added it as a free free bonus. And my, my sales just skyrocketed. 
And that's really when I started to understand that, you know, bundling, packaging, offer stacks, I didn't call, you didn't call them offer stacks, we called them bundling. Um, Frank Kearns called it stacking the cool. I mean, everybody at some point discovers this principle, which is keep adding in amazing stuff till people go, holy crap, I got to have it. So I would just say that that one piece of advice, though, you look back on things, conversations you have, things people tell you, and that that was a real pivot point for me. So I always look for, you know, somebody, if somebody's going to choose between me and somebody else, how can I make it so that they choose me? Whether it's taking that other person's unique selling proposition and figuring out how to give that away as a free bonus or to just eliminate the need for that altogether. So if you if you buy my thing, you're not going to need all this other stuff almost said shit, but you're not going to need all, need all this other stuff that people are selling because I'm going to either eliminate the need or include it or just make it irrelevant. Yeah, it's, it's funny, right? And do you have any favorite offers that you've ever put together, like an all-time favorite one? My favorite one was for a course called Mini Site Creator. And um, that was one of my most profitable products ever. I sold it for years. And that's the other thing that people think, oh, you got to do launches and all this other stuff. No, you don't. If you got a really good product, you don't have to put artificial deadlines on it. You don't have to put artificial limited quantities on it. If it's a damn good product that people need, you can sell it for years. And that's what I did with Minisite Creator. And it was basically it, it was a precursor to funnels. It was it was basically how to target your audience, how to put up your website, how to put up a, a simple one-page website that was either going to sell your product, so that was a sales mini site, or build your uh, newsletter, so that was an opt-in mini site, or it was selling as a um, sell as an affiliate, and that was an affiliate showcase mini site, which is basically bridge, a collection of bridge pages. And then we showed people how to do it with free software, so the thing was, I eliminated the need to go buy FrontPage or Dreamweaver or any of these other things because I found this really good piece of free software that you could use to put it up. I included a bunch of templates, just like now in ClickFunnels, they do share funnels. I, I had a whole bunch of templates you could, you could just load. Um, I Instead of having to buy um, a paid uh, FTP software. I've found a free one. So all these things that people were going to have to pay for, I was able to provide them absolutely for free. I went to a hosting company and got people three months of free hosting, which then turned into um, back-end income for me because once they got their site up, they kept paying the hosting and I got an affiliate commission. Uh, and then I had a really cool back-end offer or not back-end offer upsell of what's the thing everybody needs once they've got their mini site up or their um uh or their or their whatever their funnel everybody needs traffic so what i did was i went and did um i did an interview and a training with an expert in pay-per-click traffic and then i sold that as an upsell now the i will i'm gonna tell you funnel funny story we used a real small fulfillment house that was right down the street from my house. And it was actually a printer, the local printer. And they were like, yeah, we'll do your fulfillment. And I mean, they ended up having to hire a ton of employees. I mean, we were selling thousands and thousands of these things. 
And so, but they didn't want, they, it was too hard for them to differentiate between the offers where somebody took the upsell and didn't take the upsell. So no matter whether you took the upsell or not, you got the upsell product. It was too hard to have two different package bundles because it was it was seven CD-ROMs and a workbook shrink-wrapped together. I mean, it was significant. And so the funny thing is, and this is a study in human nature, we had a really low refund rate. I mean, it was less than 5%. It was, it was really low. But, you know, funny enough, whenever we had a refund, nobody who didn't pay for that upsell sent that extra CD back. They'd send all the other CDs back, but they didn't pay for it. They got it by mistake. They kept it, which I always <laughs> thought was interesting. But um, you think about it, that offer was great because I was showing them something that they really needed to do, which was get their website up for whatever purpose they needed it. I took away the excuse of, I don't know how to design, fine, we got templates. Well, I don't want to have to buy, I mean, I'm going to have to buy expensive software. Nope, we've got free software that you can do for this. And we even had a module where I showed them how to write the sales copy for all three different types of mini sites. So it's like we removed every single excuse and then we sold it at a reasonable price. I mean, everybody's, oh man, I'm going to sell that for $2,000. Okay, Skippy. My thing's always been, I mean, we sold that for $297 and then the upsell was another 50 or something. So it was like $350 or, or something was the thing. But I'm telling you, we were selling four to one, five to one over if we had been charging $997 for that. And so, and then we had all the backend sales and, and my main mission was to get people onto hosting. Mm -hmm because that was where I was making the long term. And then also getting people into um, credit card, you know, taking credit cards and getting a, a commission. I still get commissions from the credit card company. Um, 14 years later, I'm getting commissions from the credit card company still. And it's not an insignificant amount of money. Um, so anyway, that's my favorite offer because that was the one that allowed me to buy my house on the water. Wow, so. amazing. So there's, so there's more to it than just what the offer was. It's what it got you as well. I love that. Sure. I love that. And maybe that's where the unicorn came from because people ordered a horse and they had this extra thing that came and it turned out it was a horn. And who, they, who knew, right? Exactly. <laughs> so, so, so talk to me a little bit about, um, because obviously recently there's been the huge growth that you've had alongside Russell Brunson and that's been absolutely incredible. And I'm seeing everywhere a lot more people doing these kind of joint ventures and, you know, teaming up really to take the market by storm. Um, and it's been really awesome to see. Are there any lessons that you can share with people about those kind of opportunities? Because obviously Russell is huge and you, you'd be dumb to say no, right? But I'm wondering right, if there's well, any... Yeah, first of all, that's nothing new. It's, it's nothing new at all. People have been doing joint ventures for hundreds of years. Um, you know, one of the first ones was, you know, one of the first ones in history I can think of was a joint venture between some rebellious colonists and the French. They had a little JV that turned into the USA. Um, as far as business, though, I mean, my I had a conversation with somebody about this yesterday. The vast majority of my business has been built on joint ventures at strategic points in my career. So I was selling all my eBooks and doing everything with my eBooks, but then I had an idea for a product called Seven Day eBook, 
which I did as a joint venture with a gentleman named Joe Vitale. And this was back in 2001, August of 2001, we did a, we, we launched that. Then I came out with 33 days to online profits in October of 2001 with Yannick Silver. Um, you know, it, it's, I did website video secrets with a guy named Mike Stewart. So there have been a lot of them throughout my career. And, and the reason you do a joint venture is a, a situation of one plus one equals 10. Because if you really do the joint venture right, you're either bringing expertise and resources that they don't have, and they're bringing expertise and resources that you don't have. And together, you're able to cover a lot more ground. It might be you need the marketing or it could be you have the marketing or you have the credibility and the marketing or you just it makes perfect sense for this to happen but then to um just leverage somebody else in order to to do it on a big scale it's kind of like one car company buying another car company it's not that they couldn't create that but it's just so much easier to buy the brand and the customers and all that other stuff so in the case of click funnels and funnel scripts you know, Russell had had the idea for Funnel Scripts. He had even bought the domain Funnel Scripts. I actually wanted to call it something else. I wanted to call it Funnel Wizards. And he's like, nah, man, let's call it Funnel Scripts. And I, I showed him everything and he's like, yep, let's do it. And so it just made sense. It just, it just made sense. And that's the biggest thing for a joint venture to work. It, it just has to make sense. Everybody has to know, meaning the, the two or however many people, it just, it just makes sense to everybody. It's not forced. It doesn't feel out of balance. It's kind of like, hey, well, I'm doing it, but I'm doing all the work and you're just, you know, this kind of thing. That, that's, you're doomed. It's, you know, the best, the best joint ventures, everybody just looks at you together and go, yeah, let's do this. And then the other thing, though, is, is getting really clear on who's doing what, when it's going to get done by, and everybody needs to be accountable. And as soon as you have one person that's consistently not delivering and consistently not doing, you need to get out of the joint venture quickly. So start small and grow from there. Don't, don't mortgage your house and do something that's going to take a year to, to do something. Do something quick and see if you can work together. Yeah, that's really good advice. Um, I, I, I love the whole idea of um, people putting their heads together. But it's interesting you say that for them to really stand out, it's the ones where it makes sense for all parties involved, right? It's not like you trying to sell something to somebody else. And they're like, oh, all right, maybe I'll do that. It's better if it makes sense for everybody, right? Yeah. And make yeah. sure you're dealing with people of it with integrity and, and other stuff and, and, and know what you're doing. Stick with the deal that you strike too. I mean, I've had people, I've had JVs that didn't work and they didn't work because the person either was not a person of integrity or they did not do what they said they were going to do. Or they then expected me to do stuff that I never agreed to do in the first place. And so you just, again, learn. I love that. And I'm, I'm really impressed with everything you've been doing so far, Jim. And I, I'm absolutely blown away by the fact that you said that you're nearly at the 10x level, which is just crazy if you think about it in terms of the result. And I just love that Russell gives people an award so you really can celebrate it. And, you know, instead of having to go around to people and say, hey, we just made $10 million, you've got like an award instead, which I guess is probably a little bit um, easier to talk It'll to people. Hanging about. right there. They'll ask, yeah. hey, what is that? Oh, that's I mean, an award. 
Yeah, that's an award for doing a million dollars. I'm going to have an award up there shortly that'll be an award for doing $10 million. That, that's the... I Too bad that. I don't do any coaching. That might impress somebody. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, one thing, one thing I love to ask people, and I, I asked another person that had hit the 10x award what the the next step for them looked like and i'm always super curious because for a lot of us people who are just starting and and people who are listening to this it feels so far away right it feels so distant to be able to get to that level but when you get to that award level and you get to doing 10 million dollars and it's very clear that you get a lot of fulfillment out of what you do and the reason I'm also interested in this is that you just told me about the fact that you didn't want to grow a huge company and you're happy with the way the things are right now. What's the, what's the future look like for everything that you're doing, Jim, in terms of what you want to try and grow to and what you want to try and create in your life? I'm just, I'm at the point now where I just want to keep helping people and I want to keep having an impact. That's, that's the thing. I mean, that, I've never really, awards are nice when you get them and then they're in the past. It's kind of like standing on the back of a speedboat and watching the wake. The, the wake is not what's driving the boat. The wake is the past. You need to turn around and pay attention to the motor, the fuel, and the course that you're setting. But, you know, it's kind of like, I mean, I've gotten commission checks before for amounts of money that people don't make in their entire lifetime. Um, and my wife and I celebrate by going to the local Mexican restaurant. I mean, it's, it's not, it's not about the thing that thing, the thing is a result of doing what you're supposed to be doing. So don't focus on, Hey, I'm doing this with, I want to get a 10 X award. No, I focus on the actions that it takes to get the 10 X award. So that's an effect. I focus on the cause and the cause is helping people creating value, creating tools, making a difference for large groups of people in areas that they really care about. So that, that's what I'll, that's my future. Mm-hmm. I love that. And for the people that are listening right now, if there's someone listening and they're trying to find that thing that gives them, um, that feeling of, okay, I'm helping people. I'm, 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 I'm making an impact on people's lives. How, have you got any advice on how people can find that and how they can, um, make that the goal as opposed to say chasing say like a financial goal basically you need to pay attention to the uh, three three things all right and it's comes down to you problems and the market so here's my little redneck ipad okay you problems in the market. You come down to basically your skills and your education and your experience. Okay. Don't pay attention to my penmanship. Problems come down to what, what people want, what they can't get done. I call it, um, you know, problems, questions, roadblocks. I mean, it's, it's basically, it's, what they want and what's stopping them. And then the last thing is it's a market of people. It's, is, is the market big enough and are they willing to pay? And the key is that you have to find the SS, the sweet spot is right there in the middle. That's where all those things intersect. 
you, you, that's how you find your calling. The people who say you should follow your passion are frigging idiots. They're poor yoga instructors. They're people with a restaurant that nobody comes to. Following your passion is the fastest way to end up poor, broke, and alone. I'm dead serious. That's, that ain't how you do it. If you want to find fulfillment, you got to focus on who you are and what you bring to the world, how you can put that into a form that people are looking for a solution, looking for help with their problem, getting past a roadblock, and they're willing to pay for it. Huge, right? So, yes, I have very specific advice on what people should do. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. Um, on that, I actually have thought extensively about that. So, no, I love that. That's super valuable. I'm glad I asked you about that. And um, Jim, I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap up the episode just shortly now. And what I wanted to just ask before we finish, because I've loved everything that you've been talking about so far. Love everything you do. Super grateful to have you on. Is there anything that we haven't talked about that you think would be really useful to share with the audience? I, the, the biggest thing I would tell you when it comes to sales copy and content and things like that is, is that you never quite know what's going to hit. So you all, you have to be prolific and then pay attention to what gets people's attention. Cause it's usually the headline you think that's going to be amazing or the content you think that's going to get a million views that just absolutely sucks the big one and does nothing and the thing that you rattled off in 10 seconds of inspiration or a, a four-minute rant is the thing that everybody and their brother reacts to and goes nuts over. And the thing is, you, you don't know what it's going to be. So you need to do a bunch of stuff, run a bunch of ads, make a bunch of offers, tweak your offers, try different stuff, but pay attention to the results that you get. And it's like they say in the... Uh, in the financial thing is, is uh, I'll paraphrase, but it's basically cut your losers and stick with your runners. Um, you, you, that's how you learn. Just like a comedian learns how to tell the best jokes by telling a lot of crappy jokes. So that, that's the biggest thing is most people are, Ooh, man, I made an offer six months ago and it didn't work. This internet marketing thing is bullshit and it doesn't work. It's all a scam. You know, you make two offers a year, you're going to suck and die. If you make two offers a day, you're going to figure out one. I mean, I've failed many more times than I've ever succeeded, but it, you know, I told you about some winners. I didn't tell you about all the losers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's that persistence, right? Like sticking through it. Yeah. Nobody cares. It doesn't matter. You shouldn't care either. There's two. And that's, that's one thing that I think I've learned over the years is just how to brush off so much stuff because you could be carrying so much baggage, especially when you're selling stuff. I mean, there's all kind of baggage that you can, somebody ripped me off. People are mean. People don't want to pay. I'm, you know, whatever. Yeah. Let it roll. Let it roll. Yeah. It's also how you don't die at like 47 from stress as an entrepreneur. I imagine that's going to be a big one. (laughs) There you go. Well, amazing. I'm super appreciative of having you on the show. I'm definitely want to push people to go and check out more of your stuff if they, especially if they haven't heard from you because you give out so much value. So for anybody who's listening, who wants to find out more and just get their Jim Edwards fix and find out what the hell I was talking about, about this unicorn the whole time, where should they go to go and find out more information about you? 
Um, there's two places to go. One is my blog, which is the Jim Edwards method.com, the Jim Edwards method.com. You can get all the info about me, my products, my podcast, um, all kinds of good stuff. And then I also have a free group on Facebook. I think we're up over 5,000 members now. It's called the sales copywriting and content marketing hacks, uh, Facebook group. Uh, if you're a psycho, we won't let you in. But if you're a nice person and look legit, then we'll let you in. It's a closed group, but it's a free group. And so how's that for just straight talk? And if you're a psycho, you don't get in. So <laughs> don't <laughs> be a psycho. Yeah, exactly. There's any lunatics listening, um, you can't come in our group either. That's yeah, just there's plenty other people there are plenty of other people you can follow. <laughs> yeah, definitely. We'll send you somewhere else. So Jim, thanks so much. It's been a blast to have you on the show, man. Love what you're doing. And I'm very excited about when we announce this, if we uh if we get you there at the old 10X award as well, which would be super fantastic. So congratulations for everything you're doing, man. Thanks for having me. Have a great day. No worries. Take care, Jim. Hey everyone, I hope you really enjoyed that episode. As always, if you want to listen to more daily interview content, make sure you subscribe. And here's three ways I can help you in your business for free. One, check out my video on how we're building a pipeline that produces 30 plus prime sales calls every single week using podcast setters and a basic interview funnel. And this is actually how I was able to quit social media forever. You can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash setters. Two, if you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast, we actually want to interview you on one of our top 100 shows. Head to top100interview.com. And then three, download our podcast closing formula. It shows you how to create a podcast sales team that books out your sales calendar each week using the podcast closing client attraction method. And you can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash podcast formula. Now at podcastclosing.com, we help six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts create a system for predictable client acquisition without relying on paid advertising or social media by building out podcast sales teams. Now, if you want help turning your podcast into a high ticket client acquisition machine, then book a call with our team to see how we can help. Go to podcastrebels.com forward slash chat. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next interview.